Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio.
be a king. He's alive. The Jewish man. He's alive. He's alive. Prepare the way. People get ready. People get ready, surely. He is not a man that he would lie. He said he would come again. And he will come again. They said, he's a fraud. He's God. But he's fully a man. And he was born to be a king. And though he was silent, like a lamb to the slaughter, he was silent. In his patience, he endured. But I know the end of the story. And we're only at the beginning, the beginning.
All right, well, we're back. Welcome to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. Just taking some time to worship the Lord and just get into his presence. You know, Psalm 100, and it's one of my favorite psalms. Uh, just want to read it for a minute. This, this is the New International Version. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord and all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Enter his courts with praise. And praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, this psalm is a psalm of thanksgiving. And it starts off by saying, shout shout for joy. Shout unto God with joy in your hearts, all you earth. And then it continues, it says, worship the Lord with gladness. You know, when we worship God, God's not looking for a song servant. You know, when we play the worship music for, you know, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes on the show, it's not for entertainment purposes. But the reason we're doing this is to create an atmosphere of worship, to create an atmosphere of praise. You know, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. When you begin to worship him, when you begin to praise his name, when you begin to set him high above every other name that is named, when you acknowledge him, honor him, glorify him, extol him, magnify him, whatever you want to term it, but putting him first, putting him first and giving yourself as a sacrifice. Here, our worship is a sacrifice. Our giving is a sacrifice. Our praying is a sacrifice. What it is, is it's giving ourselves to him. Giving ourselves to him. That's what it's all about. So it says, come before his presence with singing, with joyful songs. So that's how we get into his presence. The Holy Spirit really loves singing. The Holy Spirit loves worship. The Lord loves magnification, glorification. So we're just going to worship the Lord tonight. We're going to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight. We're going to give him all the praise. We're going to give him all the praise. Let's do his name, all the praise that honors him, that glorifies him. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. See, we have to enter his gates. We have to have a thankful heart, a grateful attitude. We come into the courts of God when we worship, when we praise, when we give thanks to him. It continues and says, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. The Lord is good. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He goes on to say his love endures forever. See, he's not giving us a spirit of fear, but he's giving us love. He's giving us power. He's giving us a sound mind. 
and he continues to let us know that his faithfulness, God's faithful, he is faithful, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. It doesn't just stop with you. It's a continual, continual praise, continual worship. Well, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. We just thank you for what you're doing tonight, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we can come into your presence, come into your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We can enter your courts, Father, with praise. We just thank you, Lord. Give us hearts of gratitude. Give us hearts that have the right attitude. We just thank you, Father. We just thirst for you, Lord. We we long for you. We want to be in your presence tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are Yeah. 
important people of God to get into the very presence of God nothing else matters now 
fact, I want you to find yourself right in the Holy of Holies. I see His presence. I'm in His presence. While I'm there thanking Him, I know that I have a right. Whatever I need, He will supply I believe tonight somebody just wants him to open up the windows of heaven for you. Let it rain. Send down your blessings, Lord. I just need you to move in this place tonight. I just need you to move in this place tonight. He's doing it right now. Hallelujah. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain Let it rain Open The floodgates Of heaven Let it rain Let it rain Somebody say it tonight Open the floodgates of heaven Let it rain Let it rain Let it rain That's all I want you to do now, Lord Open
Praise God, we're back. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer National Radio. Just taking some time to worship the Lord, you know. Um, besides the fact that we're having some technical difficulties tonight, you know, I just thought we'd uh, spend some time worshiping anyways. It kind of worked out that uh, way circumstantially. Anyways, just wanted to let you know, if you need to call in, the call in number is 619-638-8458. Also, you can reach us at www.prayerinternational.org. We also have the email open, which is prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, you know, if you are in the chat room checking out what's going on, uh, and if you're not, I'll let you know. Having some technical difficulties tonight. We just started video production again this uh, evening, and as soon as we finished our first program, about 30 minutes later, we had a Major camera issue, and we're just going to trust the Lord to work that out for us in the next day or so. Um, and, you know, just uh, want to encourage you guys, just keep praying for us. You know, we we keep going forward. We keep preaching the word of the Lord, trusting and believing and relying on God to transform and change lives through this ministry, through the radio show, through whatever extension of Prayer International that we have, you know, to work with. And just want you guys to pray for us. You know, we need prayer. Um, 
nothing really happens in the earth unless there's people praying. You know, in fact, God says nothing happens in the earth unless he reveal it to his prophets first. And the way that happens is these men of God, Old Covenant, would go into the Holy of Holies, go into the temple, would spend their day. The priest would pray and pray and pray and lift up intercession for the tribes of Israel, would lift up the names before God, and he would wait for a response, you know, and it was the prophets that would get the word of the Lord for the people. You know, um, that's the way God communicated to his people back then. The Bible says that today in Christ, that even the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, who is considered one of the most uh, Christ-centered prophets of their time. One who actually was a forerunner of Christ, prepared the way. He was actually the cousin of Jesus, born of Elizabeth. Uh, And he too, in the womb, was filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, when he kicked, it says when the baby kicked, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how strong the power of God was on this man of God. But if you're in Christ tonight, if you're in the kingdom of God, the word of God says that even the least in Christ's kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. That means the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead the same authority that the Father gave to Adam, which was lost, and then to Christ, which was gained back. Now, Jesus said, freely receive, freely give. He says, all power is given unto you in heaven and earth to defeat the enemy. The same authority. The same joy. The same relationship is available to you. See, we we like to always acknowledge the fact that, yes, Jesus was God. Yes, Jesus was man. Yes, Jesus was the Word made flesh. Yes, he was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. And baptized in the River Jordan by the Spirit and by John. But listen, the only thing that gave Jesus the ability to do what he did was his obedience. He was supernaturally empowered by the Spirit, but he still had to make a choice. He still had to choose who he was going to serve. He still had to come to a place in his life where it was not my will, Father, but thine be done. As he wrestled in agony in the garden, as he wrestled with God about his will or the will of the Father, and finally he came into a place of surrender where he was able to give up and laid down his life. And you know, that's why he was born into the earth. Was to lay down his life. To shed his blood. For the remission of sin. Not only to save you from your sin. But to deliver you from the power of sin. Not only to deliver you and heal you from sickness and disease to keep you in divine health so that you could be free from sickness and disease. Not only to deliver you from poverty and lack, 
but to give you so much wisdom that you could walk with honor and riches where you'd have more than enough pressed down, shaken together, running over because men and women gave to your bosom because as you honor the Lord with your substance, God will honor you. So God is looking. God is looking for hearts. God is looking for those that will worship him. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for those that will lay down their lives and say, Father, not my will, just like Jesus. Not my will, Father. But your will be done. We want daily bread. We want provision. We want our needs met. But see, there's a progression in that place of prayer. It was first acknowledging him as Father in heaven. And then hallowing his name, sanctifying, consecrating, setting apart his name above every other name. And then the surrender of the will. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a surrender that God is looking for. A place where you can lay down your life. A place where you decide... My ways are not his ways. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. We've all heard that there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end of it is death. See the peace that Christ gives. The blessing that Christ brings. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. See, the enemy will make you pay for what you attain in this life. But if you'll walk with God humbly and, and yield and, and live holy and be obedient, then you'll have much. God will make you ruler over much. But it won't have to come with striving. See, it's not by our might. It's not by our power. But it's by the Spirit of the living God that things are accomplished in the earth. And God is moving. God is moving. Just want to say hello to Exposing Demons Antarctica guest 19620 Little One Tone. His blessings go out to our brother down under and to our sister Wendy and to our guest tonight. Blessings go out to Ron and those that are listening tonight, little one time. God is moving by the power of his spirit. God is cultivating hearts. He's preparing hearts. Do you want a heart that seeks God? The Bible tells us to render our heart and not our garment. But the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Jesus said, look, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What is he saying? Yes, we need to sing. Yes, we need to worship. Yes, we need to be thankful. But if it comes from a heart that's grateful, a heart that's yielded, a heart that's hungry for God, and God accepts it as a sweet-smelling sacrifice, 
But if all of that religiosity comes from a heart that is not seeking God, that is not open to the things of God, that is not wanting and desiring the things of God, then God actually equates some worship to a stench to his nose. False worship. See, there can be pageantry without passion, and it becomes religion. And you can have passion without expression, and that becomes frustration. But God is looking for an intimate encounter with everybody that will. Now, he says not all will taste and see because the road is narrow. The road is narrow, and only few find it. But broad is the road to destruction. Listen, there's going to be many on that day that come to God and say, Lord, look what we did in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. Depart from me. I never need you. Many will come to him and say, look how many chapters of the Bible we memorized. And he's going to say, but your heart wasn't right. You weren't obedient. You did that to get praise from man, not because of your devotion to me. You know, we can do religious works and religious acts and go through the ceremonies and go through the formulas and go through all the pageantry and just have a huge parade or charade for God. But in the end, God kind of equates that with being a modern-day Pharisee or Sadducee. See, the traditions of men can make the word of God, the power of God, of no effect. What does that mean? You can be so caught up in your religion. You can be so caught up in your tradition that you cannot encounter the living God. You can be so hard-hearted because you let bitterness and anger and jealousy and rage come in that it snuffs out the life of God. It's like the crows that come and peck the seeds out of the dirt because they never got planted deep enough. Jesus said that some seed falls on dry ground and the birds pick it up. Some seed falls on shallow ground and the sun, or the on the bare ground, the sun scorches it and the birds pick it out of the shallow ground, but it's the seed that goes deep, the seed that gets planted deep, it goes through all the superficial and goes through all the layers. Okay, it goes through all the masks that we all like to wear. It's the seed that gets planted down in your heart, the seed of the living word of God. It's an incorruptible seed. It's got to go deep because in order for it to thrive and survive and bear fruit, it's got to take root. If you want to bear fruit, you've got to have root in the kingdom. You've got to be rooted and grounded in love. You've got to be rooted and grounded in the things of God. Rooted and grounded. What does that mean? Stable, fixed, unshakable. You see, just like we heard that song earlier, all-consuming fire. And one of the phrases in that song says, I'm going to shake everything. All right, Brother Reno. I just got your message. God bless you, Brother Reno, uh, out in Australia. God bless you. So this is the deal. 
Um, that song says, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. I'm going to break everything that can be broken. Why? Because God wants to destroy all false foundations. God wants to destroy all false religion. God wants to destroy the kingdom of darkness, but he wants to build up the kingdom of light. He wants to build proper foundations in our lives so that when the winds and the waves come and the storms and the circumstances and the issues come, we can stand on the Lord. We can stand on the word of the Lord. Are you standing on the word of the Lord? Are you planting your feet in? Listen to this. If we go to the book of Ephesians, New Testament. Let's go Ephesians real quick. I think I want to go... uh, All right, let's go to Armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to break this down, and you may have heard this a thousand times, and maybe you've never heard it at all. But it's about the armor of God, and I'm going to break it down in a different way tonight. It says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. This is key to putting on your armor. I'm going to talk about this armor of God thing a lot of times. If you've been taught in some charismatic circles or some Holy Ghost Pentecostal, uh, even some... Baptist and non-denominational type circles, uh, there's been many teachings on the armor of God. And over the years, we've equated the Spiritual Warfare Act with while we pray, we put on our armor. You know, we put on the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and the shoes of the gospel of peace. And a lot of times people like to dramatize it where they're actually acting as if they're putting on shoes, putting on the helmet, putting on the belt, Getting out the sword. Okay, but let me break it down for you what that really means. Because, see, we can go through these acts of religiosity, and we can go through all the motions of prayer by putting on our armor and treating the Lord's Prayer like a what I call a Holy Ghost rosary. And if you're Catholic tonight, I don't mean to be offensive. I was raised in the Catholic Church. I was saved by Jesus Christ while going to the Baptist church. And about a month later, I was called into the ministry uh, after Jesus revealed himself to me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. So um, at that point, I began to go to some non-denominational slash Pentecostal slash charismatic, uh, whatever, you know, prayer-based, word-based churches. And in some of these circles, you know, when I was taught how to pray, um, well, let me rephrase that. I learned how to pray by being in the prayer closet, okay? But I had a lot of teachers and mentors as a child, as a teenager, that understand a revelation on prayer. And they could teach it, they could pray it, they could do it, and they got results. One thing they always did is they would go through this, we need to put on the armor of God. And they would take out the helmet of salvation, you know, and, and they would act as if they were putting on this helmet. 
Then they would put on the breastplate of righteousness. And they would act as if they were putting on, you know, that covering over their chest area. Belt of truth, shoes of peace, and so on. But this is what the word actually says about this. And I want you to see uh, what it says here. It says, finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Key one, you've got to be in the Lord. You've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's not your power. It's not your energy. It's not your good decision. It's him. That's the foundation before you can even put on the armor. You've got to be standing on the pro- in the proper place. You've got to be positioned positioned rightly. See, if you're positioned rightly, okay, when there's a positioning, there's usually conditioning. And what condition does is it breaks down. If you ever put conditioner in your hair, it softens it. It breaks down the hard spots. It takes out the stuff that's bad for it. And it restores the oils. And if you need your oil restored, if all the moisture, and I talked about dry bones the other night out of Ezekiel 37, but if all the moisture has been zapped out of your Christianity, all the life, and the vibrancy of God. Listen, you need to get conditioned. Conditioned. Rejuvenated. Motivated. Verse 11, chapter 6 of Ephesians. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now the word wiles means Schemes, tricks, cunning, uh, craftiness, slippery, oily. And it takes the whole armor, the whole armor. He would have just said, put on some of the armor. But he said, put on the whole armor of God, all of it. That means you need to be working on these areas. Now listen, these aren't pieces of armor. As much as they are pieces of character, okay, think of them as character pieces, things that we need in our lives rather than armor. And the reason we need these things is if we're strong in the Lord and the power of his mind and we walk in these things, the Bible says in verse 11, we'll be able to stand against the schemes. Be not ignorant of the devil's devices, the Bible says. For we wrestle not against, this is verse 12 of chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, it's not your neighbor that's your enemy. It's not your in-laws that are your enemy. It's not your, your children or your spouse. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. not about that. It's the enemy. He's the enemy. It's the devil. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So he breaks down the demonic realm, okay, and demons are nothing more than angels that decided not to carry out their assignment. 
Demons are nothing more than angels that decided to not obey God. So now they serve a purpose for the kingdom of darkness. And listen, in our lives, if we choose not to serve God, then God will still fit us into a plan. See, he fit, fit, fit the devils. Sorry, I can't talk tonight. He fit the devils and the demons into his plan. It didn't mean they got salvation. But he worked them into it so something else good can come out of it. So what am I saying? We don't wrestle with people. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. There's principalities here in the earth. There's principalities in the heavens. There's rulers of darkness, of this world, of this world. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you. Now listen, he says this twice. Verse 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then in 13 he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. What's he saying? Dig your heels in. It's time to stand. Anytime you're going to get in a fight, or you're in a battle, and you're facing an enemy, okay, you need your armor so you can withstand You need your armor to protect you from the tricks and the schemes and the walls of the enemy. And twice we're told, put on a whole armor. That's how you're going to withstand. That's how you're going to stand. In the evil day, he says, look, when things get dark, when things get tough, when things get crazy, this is how you're going to stand. This is how. He says, verse 14, stand therefore, so stand this way, having your loins girt about with truth. This means your innermost part, the centered part of you, uh, your loins, okay, is, is the midsection. But listen, back behind all that is your spirit man, your knower, your gut. It says, have them girt about with truth. In other words, saturate your mind, saturate your knower, saturate your spirit. Saturate that very part of you. The dearest, precious part. Where all the organs, most of the organs are is, is right there. Very vital place. Truth is, have your loins go to battle with truth. Why? Truth exposes your enemy. Why? Truth. Truth. We speak the truth in love. Truth. Jesus said on the way the truth and the lie. Truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We need to have a focus point. We need to have a foundation, a centered point that focuses on truth. Because listen, truth brings light. Truth brings light. Light exposes darkness. If you're going to expose the darkness in your life, you're going to protect the innermost part, the inner part of you, your spirit, the the vital organs of your Christianity. And you've got to be grounded and girded about and surrounded by and inundated with truth. 
It's more than just snapping your belt on every morning and saying, I've got my belt of truth on. Although it may help you to have a visual, it may help you to perform an action to as a prophetic act, so to speak, just as a reminder to yourself and to God that you know you need this. But if you're not walking in truth, if you're not speaking the truth in love, if you're not knowing and intimately getting acquainted with the truth and it's setting you free, then this little act of putting your belt on every day doesn't work. He says, having your breastplate of righteousness, what does that mean? Guard your heart. How are you going to guard your heart? Be integrity. How are you going to guard your heart? Be righteous. Live holy. Just live holy. And when you blow it, call out on the blood of Jesus. When you mess it up, Cry out for God's mercy when you when you do something wrong, when you sin against people or God or yourself. Cry out to God for mercy. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for people so you can get healed. Pray with people so you can get healed. But it's that righteousness. The righteousness. It's right standing. It's it's being upright. It's knowing that, that you're good with God. That's how you have your heart pure. That's how you have your heart guarded and your heart protected. Because even if people come against you, even if people say things against you, even if all hell breaks loose against you, listen. If you're right with God and your understanding and your heart are right with God, then your heart and the centered part of you is going to be guarded. See, we, we've all been taught through the world and through circumstance and through relationships and through every bad thing we've done to harden our hearts. Put the wall up, and that way they can't get to me. Hey, Sherry. Hey, just saw you in there. God bless you, Sherry. This is Chris. Bless you, Ron. Bless you, Reno. Wendy, God bless you guys and girls, women and men of God, men and women of God. But guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. That's why you've got to have the breast, breast plate of righteousness. It's more than just putting your little armor deal on every day. For those of you that were taught like that, and that's okay. But Walk in truth. Walk in righteousness. He says, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What's the preparation? Look, we have to prepare for the evil day. The Bible says a wise man foresees evil and he prepares. He hides himself. He prepares. He knows when it's coming. So we shod our feet. With the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why? Because this helps your walk. But he leads you in peace. He leads you in peace. If you want to know where the Holy Spirit or where God's leading you, he's leading you by peace. You'll feel peace in it. And you'll know this is the way. If you're going away and all of a sudden you don't feel peace, you don't feel right, something just doesn't sit right, all of a sudden you get that feeling in your gut. Well, it's probably not the way he's leading you. Find out the way you should go. But you'll be led forth in peace. You'll go out with joy. 
and be led forth in peace. That's why you have shoes of the gospel of peace, because that's how you're led. That's how you walk. And now above all, listen, above all. Now why would he say above all? He means first and foremost, put this above everything else. Put this on the first of the list. Write this down first. Back up. And look at this. Above all, take the shield of faith. Faith, 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 faith. Faith works by love. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We're talking about faith. George Michael, God bless his soul, he came out with a song called You Gotta Have Faith. Now, it wasn't a gospel song. It wasn't a Christian song. And, of course, the lyrics weren't real godly. Okay, so I'm not trying to make a point of that, but, you know, that was a very popular song in the secular world. You gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. You gotta have it. See, the Bible says without it, you can't even please God. The Bible says faith is the substance of things not for us, the evidence of things not yet seen. That means there's, it's like the title deed to a house. The worlds were framed by the word of God. There was faith when God said, let there be. That was an act of his, God's faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith works by love. Everything you do in the kingdom. When you come to God, you must believe that he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So even when you come to him, you've got to believe. You've got to have faith. Above all, take the shield of faith. Why? Why? This is why. Listen. Wherewith, and I'm reading King James tonight. Actually, I read NIV earlier, but now I'm in King James. Wherewith, this is what you use. The shield of faith. That's what he's saying. And with the shield of faith, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. See, the enemy likes to throw darts and arrows at us all day long. That's what he does. He throws fiery darts. And the only way we're going to quench and shield ourselves and protect ourselves from those darts that may be verbal words coming out of somebody's mouth. That's a dart. Offensive words, accusatory words, lies spoken over you. Just negativity spoken over you. Or just a badgering, okay? Those are darts. There may be things in your thought life, things in your mind, uh, mindsets about people or yourself or, or God even. These are darts. It may be circumstances and situations that happen in your life that are a direct attack from the enemy meant to bring you down. Those are darts. That's what he says. Take your shield of faith. And you'll quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Why does faith do that? Listen, if you believe God loves you, it doesn't matter what they say about you, even if they're lying. If you believe God is going to finish what he started in your life, it doesn't matter how bad the circumstance is right now because God says he's going to finish what he starts in your life. And if you have faith to believe that, that can take you through your next season. Fiery darts. 
may just be weights and sins that easily beset you. That's when we have to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to look unto Jesus. See, he's the author. He's the one that starts the book, but he's the one that finishes the book. And if you're in him and he's in you and you're walking in him, doing your best to be obedient. Doing your best to seek the Lord. And I don't mean just in religious acts. I mean to really seek him heart to heart. Just get to know him. Be his friend. Let him be your father. Do we take that shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts? Faith, 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 faith. Believe God. Greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. If God be for you, who can be against you? Believe God. Have faith. 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So we've got a helmet of salvation. Why do you have a helmet of salvation? Did you know that most people condemn themselves more than anybody else condemns them? You know when you do something wrong or you're you're stressed out about something you're you're dealing with, maybe it's a circumstance, maybe it's the way you reacted to something, maybe it's a word that God gave you and you you're trying to process it, obedience. Or maybe the disobedience of it. But what I'm saying is this the helmet of salvation is so you don't beat your head against the wall every time you blow it. Every time you mess it up, every time you don't do it right, a lot of times we want to take our head and beat it against the wall. We want to condemn ourselves. It's kind of like a metaphoric, symbolic way of saying, don't condemn yourself. Don't beat your head against the wall. And if you've got your helmet of salvation on, if you realize you're saved by the blood of Jesus, you're saved. Because of what the word of God did in the earth through Christ. If you're washed in the blood of Jesus and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and take control of your life, then you're righteous. You're righteous. If you're in Christ, you've obtained salvation. And you don't have to beat your head against the wall. Should we always strive to live holy and do better? Yes but out of passion for him, not out of obligation. Out of a love for God, not of, of oh, I, here, I have to do this. Oh, I have to go on a fast. I have to not eat food for a week or two days. And so you go on the fast for a week or two days or whatever it is. But if your heart's not right before God, all you're doing is starving yourself. You're not getting any kingdom business done. If you understand your authority and your position in him as a blood-bought believer, as a born-again Christian, as a child of the Most High God, however you want to paint and determine, but the deal is, hey, Grok, hey, Brother Grok, God bless you. Just go back to the chat room for a minute. 
the deal is, is we've got the helmet of salvation so we don't beat our head against the wall. So when you blow it, miss it, mess it up, you can go to God and, and cry for mercy. So that was verse 17, part A. And part B is, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, that's your, that's your weapon. That's not just, it is a piece of the armor. But it's the one you come after. See, all these other pieces of armor are used to protect you when the enemy's coming at you. But the sword is used to come after the enemy. The sword is used to come after your enemy. The word of the Lord. The word of God. Jesus used the word. Eve started that way, but she just couldn't hang in there the whole time. She started reminding the devil what God said. You know, God's good. God is good. So this is the deal. So we take the helmet of salvation, we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and this is, you know, the armor of God. And, and like I said earlier, Sherry wasn't in here yet, and hopefully you'll go back and listen to this in the archive if you get a chance, Sherry, and whoever else just tuned in. Ricky Simmons. Hey, Ricky. God bless you tonight. God bless you, Ricky and Sherry and Scott, little one done, brothers and demons. This is the deal. Okay? When we put the armor of God on, I just made the statement to everybody, and I'll say it one more time. It's not about acting as if you're putting on a belt and putting on your shoes and putting on your breastplate of righteousness and your helmet and whipping that sword out like an imaginary sword. What it is is walking in the character of Christ. It's walking in truth and being truthful and understanding and knowing truth. It's it's walking in righteousness and being in right standing with God. It's allowing his peace to come fill you and lead you and guide you. It's not just going through these acts as we pray, but it's actually allowing his character to be conformed in us because that's the only way the Bible says put on the whole armor of God. Take on the whole armor of God, verse 11 and verse 13 of chapter 6. It tells you two times the whole armor. Why? Because we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. We can't be ignorant of the devil's devices. We can't be ignorant of his scheme. And if we give him just a little bit, you know, if you've got something loose in your armor or a piece missing, then you have a vulnerable, a weak spot, a place of vulnerability where the enemy can come in. But if you've got the whole armor on, then you're protected. You're protected. So this is the deal. So we talked about the armor, and this is going to wrap up the armor right here, verse 18 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. This is how we come against the enemy, praying always. Verse 18, praying always. It's not so much to just have good character, and it's not so much to just have a Bible. And even maybe have some scriptures quoted or memorized, which is a good thing. And we need to do that. And it's good to do that. But this is this is it. Praying always. 
with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So in other words, we have to pray and supplicate. We have to intercede. We have to have an intimate time, relationship time with God. We have to have intercession and supplication where we're bringing people's needs before the Father, praying about people's circumstances, praying about people's situations. Praying always, yes. I did say, praying always. (laughs) Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That means be spirit-led by what you do. Make sure what you do lines up with the heart of God. Make sure that the prayers that you're praying line up with the word of God. See, the spirit and the word are one. Jesus is one with the Father. He says the spirit and the word are one. If you want to know what's the mind of the spirit, What's the heart of God? Get in that Bible. Praise Jesus. Praying always. And then B, part the B part of 18. Listen, the second part. Watching. So you're not only just speaking and praying and declaring and decreeing, but you're looking, you're watching there on, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. You're looking with the eyes of faith. You're praying over people and asking, God, show me what's going on in in so-and-so's life. And I'm not going to use names just for the sake. But show me what's going on in Chris's life, God. Give me eyes to see, Lord. Show me down the road what's going on there. So praise Jesus. We need to pray always. We need to be praying always. And watching, looking, watching. Jesus said, watch and pray that you don't enter temptation. Jeremiah said, if you call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So you will not only hear something, you'll see something. That's what we say. We have eyes of the Spirit. We want to see with a heavenly perspective. We want God to change our perspective on life and show us his perspective. So he says this, praying and watching for all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We need to pray for each other that we persevere. We need to pray for each other for our needs. We need to pray for each other that we become intimate with God and have ears to hear what what he's saying. And we have an understanding of how he's leading us. It says, and for me, verse 19, pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. That's what we need to pray. We need to start praying that doors of utterance will open for all believers. Start praying that for yourself. Start praying for that for your pastor. Pray for that for your church leaders. Pray for that for Sean and me and Paul. Sean and I. And Brother Paul, look, pray for us. We're praying for you guys. We're praying that you'd have a door of utterance. We'll pray that you'd open your mouth boldly. We'll pray that you make known the mystery of the gospel to those that really need it, because that's what we're called to do. This isn't just for a select few to do. If you're a believer, if you're a blood-bought, Jesus-believing, Jesus-accepting, Holy Spirit-filled believer, Bible-based believer, then your responsibility in the kingdom 
is to have a door of utterance and, and be bold about it and make known the mystery of the gospel. I'm going to stop there. So we're talking about the armor of God. I just want to make some points that, you know, we can go through these motions of prayer and all these little formulated deals, but if we don't have the character of Christ working in our lives, what do we have? If we don't really have a relationship with God that lasts when all the churchianity, I said churchianity, let me define churchianity. Churchianity is looks kind of like Christianity, but there's no there's no true revealed God there. There's no living God there. It's just a formalism. It's man's tradition. It's going through the motions. Is you know just because you can say Amen and Hallelujah, and don't get me wrong, because I say Amen and I say Hallelujah. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with it, but just because you can say it. At a certain time, or just because you've got a couple verses memorized, does not mean that the character of Christ has been formed in you yet. It doesn't mean that you're being led by the Holy Spirit necessarily. And Christianity, which is Christ centered, and churchianity, which is church centered, look very similar. They look similar, but they taste completely different. It looks similar, but the effects that they have on you are two totally different extremes. Yeah, religiosity. Religiosity, churchianity. There you go, okay? That that would be a good theosorical, if that's a word. I don't even know if I'm talking proper English now. A theosorical word for Churchianity would be religiosity. Get up a thesaurus and check it out. Look, all I'm saying is this. Jesus said this. The traditions of man are making the word of God of none effect. Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers, whitewashed tombs, broods of vipers. He called them thieves because he wanted the house of prayer. But the deal is, we need to speak boldly. We need to have an intimate understanding of who he is. We need to ask that his character really be formed in us so that others can see Christ. They don't care how many scriptures you memorize. They don't care if you can sing on key or not unless they have to sit or stand next to you in church service, during the worship service. Then they might care. If you can sing on key or not. Okay. God doesn't. You know what he's looking for? A song from the heart that touches his heart. A prayer from the depths of your soul that touch him and the depths of his. He's not looking for how big of a wad of cash you can throw in the bucket or in the plate when it comes through. He's looking for... Are you honoring me with your treasure? Are you honoring me with your heart? Are you honoring me with your lips? Are you honoring me? Are you being obedient? Because it's better than sacrifice. See, the Bible says obedience. It's about obedience. God desires 
Obedience is not sacrifice. But he says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. You can sing and pray all you want and say liturgical prayers and quote scripture all day long. But if your heart is not right before God, the Bible says you're just a clanging cymbal. You're like a man beating the air. Like a woman beating the air. Just a crazy symphony without any orchestrated music. Just people playing whatever note they want to. And instead of producing a beautiful song that brings glory and honor to Jesus, because the fruit of our lives is pleasing to him, because the things that we do and say and think and the way we act actually brings God glory. That's what he's looking for. That's why he died. That's why he came to earth was to show us this is how you do it, guys. You can say Jesus is your savior, but is he your mentor? Is he your example? Is he? Is he your example? Yes, he's your savior. Yes, he's your healer. Yes, he's your God. Yes, he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. But are you imitating Christ? Are you imitating Christ? Are you seeking the Father? And in between those intimate places with God, is God pouring through you into the earth to bring salvation to others, to bring healing, to bring restoration to relationships and marriages and friendships and family? So I don't know. Sometimes we need to check our heart, examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. Well, praise God. So I wanted to just talk about Ephesians just for a little bit which is the armor of God go back and listen to the archive if you missed it and here's another thing is wrestling in prayer see we have to start praying with power if we're going to have power in our prayer life we have to be consistent and earnest in our prayers we're going to throw our whole souls into prayer listen to this Romans 15.30 says now I beseech you brethren for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Like the word strive together, like I think about the word strive together, is sunagazano. Agonizo, sorry. And agonizo means to contend or to strive, to wrestle, to fight. Kind of like agony, agonizing, agonizo. To contend, to strive, to wrestle, or to fight. Are you fighting? Are you striving? Are you resting in... Him? Are you resting in your confidence? 
Are you resting in your relationship with him, knowing that, that just like Proverbs says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 3. We'll probably do this one tomorrow since tomorrow is the third. In fact, I think we'll just stop with that. Let me pray for you. So thank you for tuning in tonight. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And I want to just say a prayer for everybody in the chat room tonight, and those that are listening by phone, those that will listen to archive later. Right now I want to speak the will of God over you and pray that God's will be done in his kingdom come into your life. That just as it is in heaven, the glory that's in heaven, the peace, the healing, the freedom, the relationship in heaven, the experiences, the encounters with the supernatural. Listen, God didn't reserve all of that for heaven. It's a continuation of what he planned for us down here. And if you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see all throughout the Bible, people had encounters with the living God. God actually spoke to them. God actually did miracles. They actually encountered his presence. And they actually had supernatural experiences with angels. And and just some things happened that were a little out of the ordinary. And in case you're hung up on theology, and God bless you, I, I went to Bible college. I've, I've had hermeneutics and homiletics and Greek and Hebrew and all that fun stuff. It's been a, quite a few years, but I still study the Word. Okay? The deal is, is this. Okay? We're seeking Him. If all of your striving and all of your formulas and all of your stuff doesn't lead you into an encounter with Him, you've missed it. You've missed the boat. And you can read the Bible from cover to cover and see men and women had encounters with God. They weren't just great theologians, great orators, great philosophers. These men and women were regular people who had experiences with God. And God didn't stop doing those things when the Bible was finished. You know, there's a lot of teachings going around that when the Bible was canonized and the Bible was finished, then God stopped doing miracles. No. You see, that's what man says, but God's word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he is the Lord and he changes not. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's not a man. See, God is the only unshakable, the only immovable frame of reference, point of reference that we have in the earth is this, that the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord stands forever. So, many are the plans in a man's heart, but a lot of times they come to nothing, and it's the Lord's counsel and the Lord's plan that will stand. So make sure you get God's plan in your heart. Make sure you get God's plan and let that thread and weave in and out and dictate and direct and establish your plan. 
Because listen, if God gives you a plan, guess what? The Bible says no one builds a tower unless he first considers the cost. Otherwise, he would get halfway through and he'd have to stop in the middle of it. And he'd waste all his money on materials and labor and never have a finished product. Well, God knows the end from the beginning. And God knows how it's going to turn out if you faithfully obey him. If you trust him. Doesn't mean you won't mess it up or blow it every now and then. Doesn't mean, look, Christianity is one beggar telling where the other beggar exactly where the bread is. And Jesus is the bread of life. And this sinner beat on his chest and said, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy on me. I'm a sinner in need of your help. And I dare not be the one that says, thank God I'm not like that person, God. Look at that person, God. If only they were as cool as us. No. I've had times in my life where I had to run to my father because I was so, and I mean my spiritual heavenly father, my father in heaven. I had to run to my heavenly father because I couldn't believe I blew it again. I messed it up. I, I sinned against him. Yet his love for me just kept coming. See, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Look, how can how can you keep on sinning and how can you keep on doing certain things when you realize how bad it hurts him? When you develop a relationship so close to him that the minute you think something you shouldn't think, he says, don't think that way, that hurts me. The minute something comes out of your mouth that you know is unsavory, all of a sudden he checks you in your heart. The minute you even dare do something that would bring dishonor and not glory to God, you're, you're checked in your heart about it, see? And as you build that relationship, your desires will truly be conformed into God's desires. And your thoughts will begin to conform to God's thoughts. And when that happens in your life, you'll see the hand of God. You'll see the salvation of God. You'll see the promises of God manifested in your life. So, Father, right now I just thank you, Lord God. I speak a blessing over everybody tonight. I pray that you'd seal this word in their heart. Father, if they didn't catch it, I'll help them go back and listen to the archives. The Lord planted in their hearts that it would take root produce your kingdom. It would produce life. It would produce salvation. It would produce healing. It would produce prosperity. It would produce goodness, Lord, that they would taste and see that you are good. Now, Father, I ask your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives tonight. Lead them by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.